Here we go. I get Three, it. Two, one. <laughs> okay, here we go. Hey there, fans of the Wretched Hive. Before we get to the show, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial of the Audible service just by going to www.audibletrial.com forward slash hive. That's spelled H-I-V-E. From there, you can get over 180,000 titles to choose from that you can play on your iPhone, over Android, if you have a Kindle, one of those, or even if you're still stuck on one of them MP3 players. Maybe even a Zune if that's still out there. Are those still out there? They're probably still out there. You can play it on a Zune, I'm sure, because they took MP3s. Why not? Anyway, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisley Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Will Ron Howard's foray into Star Wars still grabbing the headlines? Um, and we've got it all ready to break down for you because you have found episode 40 of the Wretched Hive podcast for Friday, July 7th, 2017. And happy 40th anniversary, guys. I just want to point out there that we are in the episode numbers more than my age, but less than all of yours. <laughs> We're hitting that middle ground, Whoa. eh? Hey man, we're 40, Star Wars is 40, it's a time of magic. Yeah, you know all the 40th anniversary gear that's out there? I, I figured it's for us. It is. Yeah. And I mean, no, it's it's for me, man. I've been collecting like a motherfucker. That's what I've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen your garage, and it's, you have space for more? No, 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 I took some time off, and this 40th anniversary business, oh my god, it's been great. Excellent. Excellent. Well, my name is Steve Baldwin, and the wretch, the rest of the hive is with me. The rest of the wretched hive is with me, including my Wookiee co-pilot and yours, Greg Lent. Oh my God, it's good to be here. It's been two weeks since the last show, and I think it's been two weeks too long. And I'm not going to lie, Scott, if you are back collecting again, I am worried about you, son. You've got a problem. We should talk about it. <laughs> Definitely have a problem. We need to talk. Yeah, the problem is he needs a bigger garage. We're going to need a bigger garage. <laughs> also joining the show, as you already have heard, lifelong Star Wars fan and huge Star Wars collector, Scotty Vansky. Thanks, Steve. Uh, I just want to let you know I just rolled in from the closing of Target for the latest gear that's out there right now. It's amazing. There's some great stuff. We're going to talk about it hopefully tonight. I'll get into it. So what would you buy? Did you buy anything? Everything. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> Just a few things. Just a few things. Yeah, when he right. when he says the closing of Target, it's closed because he bought everything. <laughs> I'll take that aisle. Uh, also joining the show tonight, the captain of the Millennial Falcon, Nico Rodriguez. Hey, you guys. Glad to be here tonight. And I just want to point out Greg's majestic beard. Holy shit, is that thing getting <laughs> Wookiee-esque? I thought we had, uh, we had uh, Frank Beard from ZZ Top joining us. 
that thing is that's that thing's got a life of its own, man. That I mean, that's a good. I'm looking uh, maybe four four inches, three inches. Uh, I'm not I'm how I'm I'm housing a exactly. Thank you. I'm housing a a Romanian family in this beard, um, and they like it. They like it warm, and they like it humid. So I'm I'm doing my best to accommodate. Well, oh, don't don't let the Trump administration find out about that. They'll deport all of you. <laughs> and, and the beard. And finally, we have hello, Dave. WWW under. No circumstances. I play Quidditch. Should you ever. I say spells like Leviosa. And I mean. Wingardium Leviosa. Ever. <laughs> Expector Patronum. Call him. Slytherin. Harry. <laughs> Gryffindor. <laughs> oh, good uh, afternoon. God. Good morning. Good evening. Whenever you're listening to us, we are five by five here again, uh, recording away under the threat of, of imminent North Korean missile attack, but nothing gets uh, in the way of the hive. Yeah, to bring, recording. Us, bring the show down hey. right away, huh, Dave? <laughs> hey, I, it's what I do, man. It's what I do. Oh, but man. I, I, I'm pretty I was sure Harrison Ford crashed on our on our airport again this over this past that was, week. It I'm was, pretty sure that was it him. was. It was not Harrison Ford, but reporters went out of the way to point out that plane crash happened at an airport where Harrison Ford recently did not crash a plane. <laughs> but but this, I was very heartened to learn that one of us is keeping up geek credentials and is actually going to the mecca, ground zero of nerd nirvana, which is uh, San Diego Comic-Con. That is uh, Mr. Lent. I am I'm, I'm totally excited to um, go and represent the Hive. And, and see all of the, the new Star Wars information that will be broadcast because I'm sure there's going to be panels galore. Oh wait. oh, wait. You didn't get the news, Greg. What? There, Lucasfilm announced this week that there will not be a Han Solo panel at San Diego Comic-Con, which is probably not surprising. But they also announced there will not be a Star Wars 8 The Last Jedi panel at San Diego Comic-Con, which is honestly a little surprising. Well, fuck it. I'm not going, man. Who wants to go to that right? bullshit? Right. And- Screw those guys. You might have to go to you might have to go to the Warhammer panels now. <laughs> Is there any Star Wars? Do not mock Warhammer. Yeah, Hasbro will be representing. Hasbro uh, will be there. Yeah, the they'll be they'll be they'll have the toys. There's a, a slew of exclusives that are up on StarWars.com from many different vendors. Um, getting getting the the the, the Comic Con quote unquote exclusives is bullshit though. I'm not going to stand in that mm. line. So we have no, this in the, we have this in the news later, but let's just hit on it now. Uh, so is is do we expect big Star Wars news from D twenty three, which is happening the week before, or what's the deal there? That would be my guess, and I think D twenty three is more of a controlled environment with everything that's happening with the Han Solo film. I think they're they're putting themselves in a position to try to control the message a little bit more because D twenty three is not going to have as much of the masses there to. To ask them the uncomfortable questions that they really just don't want to talk about right now. Yeah, but I find it surprising that they don't have uh, a Last Jedi panel there. I, I, I really do find that surprising. It, it is a little bit surprising considering the movie is is uh, less than six months away from release now. But you got to remember that D23 is two. So 
It's uh, this episode goes up July seventh. Um, Comic Con is so we're actually going to have another episode before Comic Con actually happens. So we'll the next episode will drop um, the weekend of Comic Con is actually what that will be. Um, we'll drop the episode on Friday. Comic Con officially starts that Thursday, um, and then it's two weeks after that is the D twenty three panel. So you're you're right on these the the two big conventions are right on the heels of each other. So like for Force Awakens, the D twenty three panel happened at a different time. Um so they had a big announcement. They had that big four minute sizzle reel, whatever you want to call it, the behind the scenes footage that was awesome that they put together. I can only imagine there's going to be something similar to that that they're going to put out. And like Dave said, it's a little bit easier to control the message because there's going to be a lot of questions about Han Solo, which is also less than a year away from release still, unless they push that back. But that is that's something they obviously don't want to have come out too much or too much talking about. Right. They need to control that dialogue for sure. Well, I'm glad you're able to go represent down there. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Uh, taking one for the team. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be rough, I tell you. Take a stack of our business cards and just leave them on random tables around the convention. <laughs> wait, wait. That Gr- is... Greg passing out business cards at a convention with Star Wars in it. I, I don't see that happening. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just commented to Scott earlier today that I need to order business cards because I'm out. Well, when it comes to handing out bat business cards for the uh, for the old hive, I must admit I am probably the least effective person in doing that. However, I did just I did pull one of what Nico was saying, just leave them on random tables all over WonderCon. I don't think I actually officially handed one to maybe what one or two people, but I sure as shit left them all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, if you would like to call us and tell us about how you've left shit all over the place, you can call us up on the Wretched Hive hotline. Leave a message, 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. You can also find us online, facebook.com forward slash, excuse me, Wretched Hive podcast. And uh, you can also visit our home on the web where we uh, post all of our show notes every week. That's at www.theretchedhive.net. So check us out. And guys, let's get right into the news. We've got a lot of cover tonight. From ABC News World Headquarters, this is ABC World News Tonight. No, it's not. It's Star Wars news with the Wretched Hive. So be it. Well, the Ron Howard story that we covered quite a bit last week really front and center in, in the Star Wars universe still this week. We've got a few clips here to play. Um, Ron Howard, interesting, at uh, Cannes Lions Film Festival had some had some great comments about Star Wars. But I want to start with this article from the LA Times. It's Ron Howard to the rescue, but is he a new hope or an agent of the Empire? And I think we kind of hit on this theme last week with um, Lucasfilm effectively saying to directors, look, this is not your movie. This is a Lucasfilm movie. And uh, you will not be creative with this movie. You will make the movie we want you to make. And uh, so this article, essentially the thesis is, uh, are we going to get anything creative out of this film? Given that uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller have uh, literally f- filmed 90% of the movie before they were uh, unceremoniously fired by Kathleen Kennedy. Uh what are we going to get out of this movie? And this article just sort of poses the question. Are we going to get something that's sort of 
more generic now that uh, Ron Howard is coming in to take the reins, or are we going to get something fun still? Uh, lots of speculation all over the web about this, uh, also covered by other podcasts. But Ron Howard was uh, at the Cannes Film Festival. He was asked the question, what does Star Wars mean to you? What does taking over a Star Wars film mean to you? And I'm going to let him speak for himself. Uh, so this is Ron Howard at the Cannes Lions Film Festival last week. 72. And we were standing there out in front of this this uh, drive-in, uh, Mel's drive-in in San Francisco, where we were shooting, and uh, and uh, and I said, "Do you do you already know what you know what you think your next film might be?" And he said, uh, "Well, yeah, I want to do a science fiction movie, but a really fun science fiction movie, kind of like Flash Gordon. This kind of spe- great special effects of Stanley Kubrick's 2001, and." He just sort of said it, he just kind of threw it away. And I thought, well, that sounds like a kind of a crazy idea. <laughs> but as it began to unfold and I began to hear more and more about it, I was curious, so curious to see it. And on day one, my wife Cheryl and I went to see it. We hadn't been invited to any special screenings, despite the success of American Graffiti. The whole thing was kind of under wraps and secretive. And I went and I was so moved by the movie, I was transported by the movie, it's sort of all the things that you, that you dream you're going to have in an experience at the theater. But we had to stand in line two hours in those days to, to, to see the movie, because movies weren't released in so many theaters. We literally left, almost speechless, and just said, you want to see it again? And she said, yeah. We got in line and had to stand in line for another 90 minutes to see it a second time that day. So you can say that I, I've been a fan forever. So many people involved with um, uh, the Star Wars franchise are friends, uh, and uh, so uh, it's it's gratifying to to be able to um, you know lend my voice to the Star Wars universe uh, now. I'm I'm coming in at a point where the, the you know it's already been in production, uh, and uh, and there's already been a lot of great work done. I don't know how you can hear that and not like this guy. You know he clearly is a fan. He was a fan from the very beginning. He's been around George from the very beginning of his career. He's been mentored by George. Uh, you just have to like the guy, and you just have. I, I like this choice by Kathleen Kennedy. Okay, I want to. I, I got to jump in on this because the argument was never the fact that we didn't like the guy. Mm-hmm. I like Ron Howard. I like him as an actor. I like him, you know, as a director, for the most part. Mm-hmm. I, but the fact is is how is he going to bring what is he going to bring to this franchise is it is it just finishing up okay like the interviewer was saying there's a a myriad of questions that that people want to know right now what's going to happen i mean what you have 90 percent of a film right off the bat you have a ton of questions are you going to reshoot most of this film so your name becomes part of the credit as director you have to have a certain percentage of that film shot. That means what we discussed on this, this show, are you going to reshoot that or change any of that story? Second, if not, you're just being brought in to fill in the gap of what needs to be finished up. That's just two things. And there's a hundred other things I could possibly think of right now just run through my head. Yeah. And again, it's not that I don't like Ron Howard. I like Ron Howard. I still like the Foo Fighters. But... It, that's not the question. The question is, is what is he going to bring to this franchise? What is, why are they bringing him in other than just filling in that gap right there? There's got to be more to it than that we're getting 
from yeah, yeah. Lucas Camp. Well, in that regard, I'll just I just put it in the hands of Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote this film. Okay. And if if Lawrence Kasdan is, you know, says that this is the this is the best script he's written for Star Wars, uh, that says a lot. That says a lot. Excuse me. If he can deliver the Lawrence Kasdan script, you know, chances are it's going to be a very good movie. Going back to the percentage of of film uh, that has been completed and all of that, who gets the director's credit? There was another article in CBR.com that addressed this, and I think Dave, you might have shared this on our on our Facebook uh, thread. So this is uh, this is. Uh, sort of proselytizing about whether or not they would be a director's cut. And um, according to CBR.com, a director's cut would indeed be possible for the film if Lord and Miller's near four-month shoot comprised of 90% of the final movie. The Guild Agreement states a director is replaced after directing 90%, but less than 100% of the scheduled principal photography of any motion picture shall be the director of the film entitled to all post-production creative rights set forth. So it really depends on what how they're going to move forward with this. If they're going to if they're going to reshoot half the film, that's literally what they're going to have to do to get him the director's credit. I, obviously he's a likable guy. We like him. The really question is can is he able to deliver the Lawrence Kasdan script with what Lord and Miller left behind? I think that's the question and we will see. We will see. You know, this whole issue of credit is just, it's so weird and so foreign. And, 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 you know, there's, I think the last time we talked about, there are a lot of examples of people who have been replaced halfway through production, early in production at varying stages of production. But I don't think, I think we all agreed that there was no other project that we had ever heard of that was this late into production with the exception of Superman 2 from the original Richard Donner version, which I think a, you would have to say a good portion of that was filmed by Richard Donner, and the credit went to Richard Lester. That's so true. Mm. I, I don't that, know. And that was actually from an interview I've heard with Richard Donner. He was extended the right to have his name on the movie, and he asked to see a cut of it before he made his decision and that screening was arranged and after the screening he politely declined to have his name on it and said you know Mr. Hester can have his name on it not me but I don't know if they actually give them the right to do that anymore they're very particular about their rules being followed because they don't like people going outside the box that's why Lucas had so many problems with putting directed by after the movie shown. They were insistent, and you talked about it last time, Dave, they were insistent that it be placed like every other movie that the director credit is given before the titles, and he had to pay a fine to get it after the movie was shown. Yep, which is how Mark Wand wound up being the director of Return of the Jedi. Mark Wand was not a DGA uh, member and therefore was not subject to DGA rules. Mm. Well, this all sort of begs the question that was questioned by HollywoodReporter.com in their article uh, titled Star Wars Firing Reveals a Disturbance in the Franchise. Uh, So I wanted to touch just on one paragraph in this article, which is a great piece. It's a little long to go through for the show, but there's a a really sort of uh, interesting paragraph here, and I'm going to read almost verbatim here and have you guys react. So... This is HollywoodReporter.com. 
There are some in the industry who see an emerging pattern suggesting that Kennedy's appetite for creative license and risk-taking will have to be curbed. Josh Trank was dismissed from the second Star Wars standalone film before he even started based on problems with the Fantastic Four. Gareth Edwards, who conceived of Rogue One as a dark war film, was shunted aside. And now this. For all the talk of hiring filmmakers with their own vision, observers say Kennedy and Disney will be learning that the franchise is defined by a particular set of parameters. Quote, All the films have been troubled, says the top executive at Arrival Studio. J.J. Abrams was powerful enough to push back on an unrealistic start date, but that was a big tug of war. So, what do you guys think about this? Is this are, are we looking at problems that are maybe a little bit deeper than we're seeing on the surface here? Or is this just Kathleen Kennedy being smart and, and shepherding the Star Wars franchise the way that she was hired to do? I'll, I'll jump in first on this and be kind of, I guess, snobby in my opinion on it. But I, I do think it depends on how you want to view the prism, how you, you're angling the prism is going to determine the the type of rainbow that you get on the wall here. But if to me, if you look at Kathleen Kennedy's producer credits, which I'm just I'm spinning through here right now, and it includes you know E.T., Gremlins, two Indiana Jones movies, all three Back to the Future movies, The Goonies, uh, Animaniacs TV show, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, you know a virtual who's who of successful good solid movies things like cape fear and arachnophobia i think she's earned the benefit of the doubt in terms of how to make a successful movie she's got a list of 85 things that she's a producer on on imdb and i'm guessing that probably 65 to 70 of them are legit 100 plus million dollar hits i think she's earned the right to oversee and do this product the way she wants to have it done that's why she gets the big bucks and it's not a creative endeavor at this point. It, it's a commercial property. And they want to make something that makes money. And if they feel like it's getting too far outside of the lines of that, yeah, they're going to they're gonna give you the hook and drag you off stage. And nobody should be surprised by that. And I do think it's crappy of that article to throw Josh Trank in there as part of a quote-unquote pattern. Josh Trank made a shitty movie. And they realized he's not good at doing these kind of big budget things and shouldn't have been given the job in the first place. And they they nuked him before he could do any actual damage or cost them any money. I don't think that should be part of any kind of pattern that's being established here. That's an outlier. I'm going to agree with every single goddamn thing Dave just said there. That was very, <laughs> very, very well stated because – yeah, I think that the problems with I think your dogs Sorry your dogs dog. agree too. It sounds like percent <laughs> on board as well. They um, the problems with the Fantastic Four movie and what went on with it on that set and and the result of that movie or the the result that is that movie should be a warning to anybody out there producing other other big tentpole franchises that you 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 can't let them have carte blanche you got to got to be able to rein that in cuz he frankly he made a crappy movie that movie is awful it really is and they i i i just don't think there's any way you can save that movie the the, the story is bad the the acting is subpar the effects are bad everything about it is bad um 
and I, I I think you got to look at Kathleen Kennedy's track record just like just like Dave did. But I'll I'll go specifically just on what she's done with Star Wars so far, with Force Awakens. Well, maybe not creatively the most original of work, and I think we've all discussed that to death. That it's very close in theme and substance to what a New Hope was, but extremely successful and and enjoyable for the majority of Star Wars fans. I think I don't think it's a fair, I think it's a stretch to say that the majority of Star Wars fans uh, enjoyed it, even though it does have its share of detractors for some potentially valid reasons. Sure, okay. Uh, so then you look at Rogue One, the first of the of the of the Star Wars stories, the the anthology films, if you will. And while there was trouble of trouble reported on the set and the talk of the reshoots and whatnot, pretty much universally agreed upon, aside from a very very small minority of people who who disagree with it, is pretty much a beloved Star Wars film at this point. If they had problems during the production of that movie, people for the most part, I think are pleased with the results. So if Kathleen Kennedy thinks it's not going to work, I think she's earned the right to say that she knows that it's not going to work. I'm going to jump in with you on that, Greg, and say I agree with every every single thing Dave said right there. Um, I, I totally agree. I think if you look at what happened or what was happening on Rogue One, you had you had a situation that could have been very similar to what's happening right now with uh, what Chris Lord and... Uh, who is it? Lord Miller. Lord Miller. And uh, but I think what ended up happening, and in, in all speculation, um, other than what we do know, is there were probably talks that were going on between the director and the producers. I'm sure Kathleen Kennedy sat down and said, "We need to have some discussions about the direction of this film." And Gareth Edwards has been very open about a lot of uh, a lot of the the production problems and things that occurred, and and seems like a pretty upfront straight ahead type of guy that he he was open with those things and he talked about these things needed to happen one of the trends i'm seeing here and one of the questions that is sort of being raised in my mind is why go with these young guns in the first place if you're if all you want is star wars in a box with a little bit less creativity than some directors could bring for instance Let's just run down the line. J.J. Abrams. Okay, now he was established. I think we would all agree he was a fairly established director before The Force Awakens. But then you go to Josh Trank, who obviously didn't work out. Gareth Edwards, who had done Godzilla and some others. And obviously that worked out with Rogue One. Uh, Lord Miller. Colin Trevorrow. If you're going to go with these young guys that have this unique vision and creativity, why go with them if what you want is sort of more traditional Star Wars bring in Spielberg and Ron Howard to deliver a cast and script rather than Lord Miller, who you know you're probably going to get edgy. Yeah, I... I, I well, hmm. I don't know that they're not letting these guys be edgy. You know, I... I I'm, I'm really kind of surprised now as, as the turnaround on Gareth Edwards and how much he had to sacrifice and how it wasn't his vision. He was on the out doing as much press as any of the cast, if not more so than any of the cast, saying how proud he was of the film. He has never given any indication that he is not proud of, of what he did with this movie. And sure, he could be towing the company line, and that may be it, but I think there would be some hint of some level of dissatisfaction if if that was the case there would be 
some hint of some level of dissatisfa- dissatisfaction from the Lucasfilm camp if it was if if they weren't happy with the final result. The movie's great. The movie turned out very well. It's not maybe it's not the movie that it was six months prior to before they had gotten to the reshoots and seen exactly how they wanted to reshape that that movie into what they felt would have been a better movie. But they all seem happy with the result, and I think the box office proves it. So I, I don't think it's a failure with with Gareth Edwards at all. And and I think that the, like I stated before, that, that Josh Trank was going to be a disaster. And it, as it turns out, Phil Lord and Chris Miller just, and it's fine, but they didn't want to, they felt that they were bending maybe too much. And hey, more power to them for, for standing up to the man and saying, you know what, this is what we want to do. And if you feel you need to make a change, then so be it, you know? What's his name finally came up on Twitter. One of the directors, I'm not sure which one, finally came up on Twitter. And his first, you know, his first tweet after all of this had gone down was situation normal, quoting Han Solo. So he seems fine with everything that's going on. It's, it wasn't a big controversy. It wasn't a big, oh, oh, my God, you guys have to, you know, just wait till the real story gets out. It was what it was, you know. And why don't you go with the big, why don't you go with the big name directors? I, I don't know that anybody really wants to touch it. I mean, why why would Spielberg want to sit down and and do it? I think I think Ron Howard's doing it as a favor to Kathleen Kennedy. I think he's fr- I think he's personal friends with all those people. He's got a personal relationship and has had a personal relationship with George Lucas for years. I, he's doing a salt. I agree with everything Greg said, but I want to especially double back to double hit on the last thing you said, which is what point is there for Steven Spielberg to do a Star Wars movie? There, there is none. There is nothing that could happen for Spielberg doing a Star Wars movie except for a potential negative consequence. So why would he even? Why would he even do that? I, I agree with Greg. I think Howard is doing this because it's a favor, and it's it's a happenstance of the right situation. He doesn't have any projects lined up that are going to be affected by this. He's coming in halfway on a project. He probably has more power, if you will, as the cleanup guy, than he would have if he had been in this thing from the beginning. Because now everybody's back is against a wall, and if he does kind of, if he does ever choose to draw a line somewhere, they have to listen to that much more so. So, I I agree completely with what Greg said. Yeah, and what I've read is also, and I, I agree also, uh, by the way, um, I've read that um, Gareth Edwards was was pretty flexible in terms of having uh, Tony <clears throat> Tony Gilroy come in and reshoot a lot of Rogue One and piece it together, and he was just sort of okay. Let's do this as a team, kind of a guy. Whereas Lord Miller, you know, not so much. I think the thing that's surprising to me most is is the backlash that's now coming towards. Kathleen Kennedy and how Kathleen Kennedy and Disney are ruining the franchise. You can talk what you want about Disney's marketing efforts. This is what they've always done with all of their marketing. They're hitting it hard and hitting it fast as much as they possibly can. But I think as far as making the movie, I think Kathleen Kennedy is doing just fine. I I don't understand the backlash. Those, the the clickbait articles that, that, that seem to insinuate that Kathleen Kennedy, you know, asking questions about whether she should be the head of Lucas. I think it's ridiculous. Her, her resume is, yeah. is unbelievable. 
Yeah, I, I must not be seeing these clickbait um, articles out there, but I I haven't heard anything about it. I, I wouldn't put that on them right now. I mean, yeah. either Disney or Kathleen Kennedy, I think they're doing a bang-up job. So I, I don't... Have you guys been seeing this? I, I Yeah, there... I've, I've seen it. Yeah, there's articles it's out, out there. there about oh, is 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 Lucasfilm in trouble? Was Kathleen Kennedy, you know, is she stepping yeah. over the line? It's just it's just stupid. Her resume is is unparalleled. I mean, yeah, yeah, and and even if I, I would go so far as to say her resume is so good that even if let's say the Han Solo movie bombs, let's say it's a, a box office disaster, you know, akin to the Clone Wars movie, her resume is still good enough that people are going to say okay. We're going to see what happens next. We're going to see if there's any kind of a trend line that develops here, or if this is a blip. And and and, and to be to be honest, her track record so far is pretty spotless. The huge success for the resurgence with the Force Awakens again, creatively say it what you will, a huge, massive success. And Rogue One. Put it this way: the people that I know who did not like Force Awakens, for the most part loved Rogue One. So if you lost anybody with the franchise, you won back a good portion of them with Rogue One. And I want to talk about this or, or reel it back over to the, the young directors. Um, yeah, they are young directors, but all have been somewhat established in their certain uh, fields that they, they have done. Uh, Ryan Johnson uh, Looper did Looper, a great science fiction film. Um, one that I really, really enjoy, actually at, on second and third viewings of that. Um, really quick, did you see Brick? By I the haven't way? seen Brick. I haven't seen. Have either one of you guys seen Brick? How yes. What do yeah. you think? Yeah, it's it's. I'm not. It's it's not a bad movie, but it's very interesting. It's very much a. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a very solid noir piece. So you've got to be into the noir field. It's very much old timey, like gumshoe detective. Even though all the kids, all the people who are in it, are all like kids. They're all like high school age. You know. But lots of really kind of hard-boiled, lots of narr- you know, narration, lots of cold stares, you know, lots of very over-the-top characters, femme fatales, you know, the the mysterious stranger, the the thug, the heavy, the the big bad boss, you know, they're very much caricatures in the movie, and it's good, and all filmed down in down here in Southern Orange County, all filmed down right? in San Clemente. Cool. Yeah, I'm sorry, Scott. I didn't mean to railroad you, but yeah, no, I no. Was, I've been wondering about Brick. I need to I need to catch up on that one. Definitely got to check it out. Um, but I was going to mention also uh, Colin Trevorrow uh, had a, a kind of a small hit with I can't remember the name of that film. Um, Safety not guaranteed. Yes, yes. And then went on to direct Jurassic World, one of the top grossing films of all time. That that thing is huge. I mean, it was competing at the time, at the year, 2015, eventually being overpowered by The Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. But if The Force Awakens didn't come out that year, it would have been the number one film that year. So, you know, he's got some some chops. Mm -hmm. And I think he'll round off this trilogy just nicely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Young as they are, enough experience. And Jurassic World was, it was a solid summer blockbuster popcorn movie. I mean, let's let's be honest. It's not going to set the world on fire, be an Oscar-nominated picture, but man, that's a solid bit of entertainment. It is. I've gone back to that a few times and have actually enjoyed it more the second and third time. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited. And, and Colin Trevorrow in the right hands, Kathleen Kennedy. Am I saying his name right? Trevorrow, right? Uh, some people call Something him like Trevorrow. That. Trevorrow. Yeah. 
Anyway, I, I think it's pronounced Plagius. Plagius. Um, <laughs> Darth. Fact. Darth Colin. Fact. Colin Plagius. Real. Okay, go ahead. Um, Real news. Factual news. <laughs> oh, we've got some. We've got some uh, fake news later to oh, talk about sweet. as well. Oh, sweet. So in the right hands, I think with Kathleen Kennedy and uh, and Lucasfilm and Disney. I think he's going to do just fine. I think uh, Ryan Johnson's going to do wonderful as well. Yeah. So. Agreed. Guys, we need to honor our sponsor really quick, and that is Audible.com. It's a longtime sponsor of the show, and uh, once again, offering our listeners a free 30-day trial so that you can uh, give the service a try. And um, do not have a clip this week guys sorry about that but uh one i've got it steve i've got it okay we do have a clip my name is harry potter and i live under the stairs with the dursleys you can order that piece of audio entertainment by just hitting rewind on your uh, on your phone right now. Uh, uh, what I noticed this week, and uh, actually, Dave, I wanted to ask you about this. Have you heard about Star Wars Inferno Squad? Why, yes, Steve, I have. Excellent. And have you pre-ordered it? I have not pre-ordered it yet, no. Okay. Well, you can. In fact, right now, Dave, you can pre-order Star Wars Inferno Squad today... And you can get a free audiobook just by going to audibletrial.com forward slash hive. That's audibletrial.com forward slash H-I-V-E for your free audiobook. And you can pre-order Star Wars Inferno Squad, which looks really great. And it's the, uh, my understanding is the prequel for Battlefront 2, which is coming out in November. And, uh... Inferno Squad is due out July 25th. So order yours today. From what I understand, I'll be able to get uh, the author of that Inferno Squadron is going to be at Comic-Con autographing copies for like 40 bucks or something like that. So Christine Golden, I think her name is. Yeah. Cool. Christy Golden. I think that's right. Christy. Okay. All right. Well, guys, let's... Christy, Christy to her friends. So... All right. Chris. Sea Dog. (laughs) let's take a quick break you see my friends here are a perfect example of the combined talents of the wretched hive podcast ridiculous we are influencing james cameron we are i think we are eda you know what blue cats jesus i would happily watch the clone wars on a repeating loop than have to watch true detective season one again festering pile of nonsense i don't know how inebriated on a scale of one to however much these guys are i am tonight but i'm getting there glenn fry was the most egotistical jerk out of all of them. What an asshole. There's a good possibility what? that Nico is torquing a moonfish. There's a problem with our country, okay? And it's Chewbacca Mom. That's the problem. I like big butts, and I cannot lie. Can we just get back to the show, please? Alright, so uh, just a, a couple of stories from last week, guys. Um, do you remember that uh, story we talked about that R2-D2 was going to be auctioned well it happened r2d2 uh one of the r2d2 uh uh, models that had been pieced together from several actually but it had the original dome from a new hope 
sold at it auction. Was, Sorry, go ahead, Dave. It was it was it was bought by Uncle Owen, correct? <laughs> the uh, the charred remains of Uncle Owen purchased <laughs> R two for two point seven six million dollars. And I just want to say, guys, thank you very much. I will. I appreciate the you guys reaching into your pockets yeah. for me. So um, it's it's a gift that we'll keep on giving, and I will think of you every time I look upon it. Damn it, you stole my joke, Greg. <laughs> I was going to say Luke's lightsaber went for a cool 600000 and it looks great on my wall, I tell you. <laughs> you know, um, they had given what they expected to bring in from these items that were up for auction, and I think they overshot their targets, actually, what they actually brought in was much more than what they had estimated. So just to goes to show you, turns out that uh, the franchise is really in trouble because nobody wants Star Wars collectibles right now. <laughs> Except for <laughs> one Scott Ivansky. <laughs> How did you not go down to that uh, down to that auction? Who says I didn't? Uh, ooh, all right. I got a working R2 in my house. <laughs> a couple of other... Uh, News bits to cover. And, and Jaden is in China right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think we joked about selling a kidney, but... Uh... <laughs> kidney, not a kid. Yeah, He'll be working that off for <laughs> at least 20 years. Now, now, son, it's it's just a hard labor camp. You'll, you'll be okay. They give you milk and bread He's every good. day. He is good. He's enjoying it. Man. Uh, we have a new Star Wars uh, product. Actual canon is being produced right under our noses, guys, and we have not covered it yet. Star Wars Forces of Destiny uh, kicked off this this past week or two weeks ago. Uh, the focus of these uh, di- of these shorts, short films, are about two and a half minutes long, are the heroines of Star Wars. Um, pretty cool voice by actors from the films. Uh, including here in this clip um, called The Sands of Jakku. This is the first of three that uh, Lucasfilm has released. You'll hear uh, Lupita Nyong'o as Maz Kanata. Uh, you've also got Daisy Ridley there uh, as Ray Kenobi. Of course. Nope. nope. Oh, tried to slip it in there. Nope. Nope. Uh, and you'll hear from a certain droid that I think we know and love. So you can check this out. The choices we make, the actions we take, moments, both big and small, shape us into forces of destiny. So you got the Star Wars logo drifting off into the background, camera pans down to the sand. Looks like Jakku. God, I hate sand. Until someone comes back for you, you can stay with me. Come on, keep up. Wait, don't move. So these are pretty cool. They're just uh, they're quick hits, two and a half minutes, two um, D animation, which is kind of cool. Uh, a departure from Rebels and the other stuff we've seen from Star Wars animation. So I, I like these. They're 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 definitely worth the watch. Um, I think they're meant for maybe six to eight year old girls, which is perfect for me too. So. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, 
Oh, my God. Wow. Whoa. You took the joke away Whoa. from me, Steve. Uh, I, I had to beat you to the punch on that one. I, I haven't I haven't watched these yet. I, I, li- I, I agree with you, Steve. I do like these little quick hit little pieces. You can catch them on YouTube. That's nice. I ha- And you know what? It's surprisingly, I haven't set aside the two minutes or whatever it is to watch the stupid video yet. But I will. Uh, and and God damn it, if that Daisy Ridley isn't just a little just he's just a little doll. And she just, she? You just yes. Yes. Just her voice. Everything about her is just she's just precious she's she's just done such a good job with this character well, I could, she is adorable i could jump all over this right now and i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you why when, hello when, when uh <laughs> i knew i knew dave would like that um yes that is absolutely true the first time when uh the whole marketing machine was going off on uh, uh force awakens all those viral videos that she was releasing from her uh mm. twitter account and um instagram and all that stuff unbelievably adorable what a great person she is just fun and enthusiastic and energy but you know what uh, i'm gonna jump back on the cartoon now uh from daisy ridley <laughs> hope she doesn't mind <laughs> wow in daisy we trust i, can't, I, can't I think is what you're saying scott yes there you go there, there you go. go um anyway the the point is on this these cartoons it, it has this vibe like the uh the old gendy uh tarkovsky cartoons the clone wars the original yeah. clone wars and I, I like it two and a half minutes uh, it's great it's wonderful yeah i are, I, I had that same are those feeling. canon no i'm sorry no. I didn't interrupt no, the, the 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 tarkovsky clone wars are not canon do we know that for sure yeah i i i am pretty sure that that is accurate that they are not canon They're i am almost canon. positive yeah. and i in considering that the clone wars the dave filoni clone wars Wars cartoon is all canon. I don't know how you differentiate the two because I don't think any of those stories um, contradicted each other. And I think the Asajj Ventress originated from the Gendi Tartakovsky stuff and continued on into the Filoni Clone Wars, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't know how you reconcile that. Yeah. Also, I think the introduction of the Arc Troopers and the clone, the special clone trooper. Uh, Sergeants, commanders, and all that stuff were introduced in the Tarkovsky ones as well. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that all hmm. pieces together. I, I don't know why they chose that and not the other one. You know, I, I don't have it handy, but Pablo Hidalgo, Hidalgo, maybe one of you guys can find it while I talk. Um, he's been all over Twitter recently, talking about Star Wars canon. And one of the things I I thought was interest that I thought was particularly interesting was that he said, look. Not every single detail in Star Wars is going to match up, and not every single thing is going to be canon. And I just kind of went, what? Whoa. You know, I mean, Disney Lucasfilm basically took away everybody's canon. Yeah. and Which was a really bold move. Very bold. But they had to get some reins around this unruly beast that was Star Wars. So I kind of get that. But now for Pablo to come out and start talking about ah, some of it's not really canon and not every single detail is going to match up, so get over it. I wasn't sure how I feel about that. But it looks like he's been taking his heat, some heat, because I uh, I looked up his Twitter account as just as you were talking this over here and he and he pinned a tweet. So that's how you know he wants everybody to look at. It. He pinned a tweet to his page just yesterday saying, this is all I was trying to say. There are some things Canada doesn't account for, namely 
only the artifacts that come as a result of the medium. So he's trying to clarify it, and to make sure everybody sees it, he pinned it to the top of his page. So Wow. Yeah. What does that even mean? Namely, the artifacts that come as a result of the medium. Hmm. I don't know what that means. Bits and pieces of what what it used to exist. I mean, that's basically what I'm pulling from it, so... So if there's you some, got, if, you got me. If there's some error, okay. So the medium would be either like a book or a film or a two-dimensional, you know, cartoon that's on Disney XD. Uh, is he saying that if there's a if there's a, a a blip or an error that was that was not caught, that's a result of putting something on the big screen that. He, we have to discount that and get over yourself, Star Wars fans. Kind of well, covering his tracks. Can I, yeah. Can I can I jump in on this sure, one real quick? Is he, is he trying to take away so, the ice cream maker guy? Is that what he's trying to do? <laughs> because I will not have ice cream maker guy taken away from me. Save us, Dave. Well, I'm with Greg I was gonna on say, this. God damn it. Where, <laughs> where I hear a lot of the the canon non canon squishiness come from is from long time. And comic book publishers actually like DC and Marvel Comics mm. because they will they will talk about how you know Batman stories are all in in continuity going back to Detective Comics 27 1930 40 whatever it was those are all in canon all the Fantastic Four stories from November 1961 those are all in canon those all actually happened but if you go back and actually read them like in Fantastic Four the Reed Richards character fought in World War II and that just doesn't make sense and is in no way possible for a Fantastic Four story that's told in modern times. So when they talk about, when those publishers talk about canon is, is, you know, it's absolute, but it's not absolute, that's kind of what they're talking about, is that these topical references don't don't work and carry on. You can't have 50 years of Fantastic Four stories when Reed Richards is still 38 years old. (laughs) And and Franklin Richards has been four and a half since, you know, 1973. (laughs) So it's it's weird for me to hear the the Star Wars people already, to me, almost preemptively laying that out. Because they wiped, they wiped all of this stuff that was canon and took it down to a very minimal amount and they've been very painstakingly growing that amount since uh, since 2015. So maybe they're just trying to get out in front of it and say, you know, can canon really is what we decide it's going to be, and y'all just better get used to that. Yeah. And by the way, Pablo Hidalgo, still more clear than Sean Spicer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pablo had a great great tweet earlier this week because someone was selling a quote unquote. Autographed script for Star Wars Episode Eight, signed by eleven cast members. They were selling it for like a thousand dollars or something. And Pablo like retweeted it just with a comment: "I hope everyone is smarter than this ad." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, you're not going to come at spicy, are you? Don't you come don't, at spicy. Don't, don't jump ahead too far. We've 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 the president's. Uh, President Trump is in the news, and we'll get to it. Hold Spicy's going to cut you. Wait, wait. Spicy's going to cut you. Are you telling me the oh, president of the United States is in the news right now? The president is making Star Wars news. What? Yeah. Oh, it's, no. it's, it's coming. It's Hold your horses. Before we get to that, we got to cover this story. Episode 9 technically has started filming. 
And uh, to explain uh, is a reporter from uh, IGN.com. Star Wars Episode Nine production has begun. Well, sort of. Number four, when it comes to Star Wars news, we'll take what we can get. In an interview with MTV director Colin Trevorrow, says Ryan Johnson has already shot a scene of Star Wars Episode Nine months before the movie begins production. The request was made by Trevorrow, who wanted a scene shot in a specific location, and Johnson was more than happy to do it. Guess we'll find out what exactly that scene was when the movie releases in May 2019. Ah, oh, that's so far away. She's really clear to say Trevorrow. Yeah. Trevorrow. So maybe we've been saying it wrong. I don't know. Okay, is it me, or does that lady just sound way too much like that uh, YouTube uh, online right-wing blogger girl? What's her name? Tommy? Yeah. Did it Did it sound like her to anyone? No. She, she's, she's not talking <laughs> enough about snowflakes and, st- and safe spaces, so no. If she, if, she, if, she, if, you throw, if you throw in a libtard and a snowflake and a uh, stuff, then, then I would say yeah, but there was just none of that going on in her speech, so. Yeah. Uh, guys, did you see the Star Wars designed, uh, sorry, the Star Wars fan design poster for the Obi-Wan Kenobi planned movie? Genius. Oh, this is Genius. so good. We need to get. Genius. We need to post this on our Facebook if it's not already on. I'm there, getting Scott. a poster made of this thing. This thing is I, awesome. I am telling you, it's a it's a man with no name. Obi Wan Kenobi trilogy is what it is. Clint Eastwood spaghetti western style. Yeah. Very little dialogue. Lots of staring off over the over the little boys. Lots of making Adobe. <laughs> um, we need we need we need this movie, guys. We need this trilogy of movies. Is what we need. Yeah. This this poster. It, if this, I mean, I, I'm so excited about the movie, and there is no movie yet. But it looks like it's in the spaghetti western style. Uh, George Miller presents Kenobi with Ian McGregor. If you come to Tatooine, oh. you don't mess with the most dangerous man on the planet. It's just if, if we badass. if we could if we could get George Miller because because you think about the modern day spaghetti western yeah. you you look at like a Mad Max look at Fury Road which didn't have a whole lot of dialogue dialogue but had these incredible action pieces you know and just really set a tone with very little dialogue perfect you couldn't ask for a better guy to make make a set of Obi-Wan Kenobi movies with just the madness that is George Miller of course, that guy's like 11 years old, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure he could still get it in there. <laughs> Seriously, that, that Fury Road is a great example of, uh, of modern day uh, spaghetti western style. But man, that or even throw in some hyper directing like uh, Edgar Wright. Oh, I'm telling you, there's so much potential for this. And this poster just seals the deal for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's happening. It is so happy. I, mean, I, I, am, I am days away from starting my script. I know I've been talking about it for a year and a half, but I am days away from starting writing the script is what I'm doing. We should all collaborate, days. right? You write a page. I'll write a page. Scott, write a page. Dave, Nico. That'll go somebody, over, else that'll has go gotta, somebody else has got to start, though. I haven't started in a year and a half. So maybe if somebody else starts it, I'll be able to pick it up. There so. you go. All right. There you go. Well, how, how hard is it? Act one, scene one. Fade in. Desert scape. Obi-Wan Kenobi gazes into the distance knowingly. All right, somebody else pick it up. Dave, stop. You're, you're giving away all our, you know, come on. You can't give that away. That's all gold, man. Squish. George Lucas wishes he had my ideas. And, right. and you know, Morricone, 
fades into a John Williams type score. Is he still alive? By the way, <laughs> I think he is. Yeah, Damn. yeah. Great. He won the he won the Oscar last year for Hateful Eight. Sweet. Last story I want to yeah. hit on. <coughs> excuse me before we uh, get a little political. Warning there tonight. Uh-oh. Um, uh, very cool. You know, I'm I'm sort of an Apple nerd. I have to admit. I I'm, what? Yeah, yeah. I live and die with my Mac and my iPhone and my watch and my AirPods. <laughs> Love it all. And I was thrilled to watch. So so the point of that being, I watch all the worldwide developer conference videos when they come out with a new phone. I'm you know. I can't wait to run home and watch it on my Apple TV. I'm a lemming. I am a lemming for Apple products. Okay, Greg, you thought I had a problem with this collecting thing? We got somebody over here you need to talk to. Steve actually owns in his household. I'm going to out you right now, Steve. I'm sorry. Steve has two Apple Watches in his household. He has two sets of the Apple earbuds. In my defense... They're, both of those aren't mine, okay? <laughs> I don't have one for home and one for work. But I, I was thrilled to see John Knoll on, out on stage uh, doing a demo of Apple's VR kit, that's uh, the virtual reality kit that's coming soon, uh, debuting some stuff uh, with some Star Wars flair. So I've got a little clip here. John Knoll on the Apple stage. At Lucasfilm's ILMX Lab, story, concept design, and technical development are all intertwined. They come together for us to create immersive experiences for people to enjoy at home, in cinemas, and at theme parks. Now, I've always done my art and development on a Mac, so I'm really excited about these new iMacs. He's always done his art and development on a Mac. I'm, I'm just saying. I truly love the platform, so I'm especially uh, especially excited to be able to share some of our VR content created on these new iMacs and Epic's Unreal Engine. All right, so just a little clip there from John Knoll, but that's the man. John Knoll is the man, and he was on stage with Apple. I need to correct you on something. It's yeah. not John Knoll. It is John Photoshop Knoll. That's that, right. That is that is the man who created Photoshop right yeah, there. Yeah, smart guy. And And, side note, he is the pilot of every X-Wing fighter in the 1997 Special Edition. Have every single one? He is. He put his head <laughs> really in the cockpit of every one of those fighters, and there's a great behind-the-scenes video with him That's about awesome. that. Are yeah. you serious? Yeah, dead serious. Okay, so not when they're, like, you know, doing their call signs and No, no, no. It's the scene. In, but... It's the redone scene when you okay. see them coming around. Oh yeah, Tanafori. Yeah. You see all their heads moving in the cockpits right. as, as all the the what S foils are opening up and whatever. Right. He is the he is the model. Lock X foils in attack position. Yep. Right. That's the scene. You see all of their heads moving around. That's him. No kidding. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's, that's awesome. That's super cool. You know, this is why we got to work on these movies, guys. We can just throw ourselves in these things. It's just you know we'll be able to live forever. Yeah. No doubt about it. I mean, it's, First, not, it's not like... got to learn how to program. It's not like none of us... We wouldn't do that either. Oh, no, 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 no. Greg's going for Chewbacca right now, I can tell. That's right. Look at that beard, man. Seriously. <laughs> if I if I could do a, a Wookiee Roar, I would do a Wookiee Roar. If Nico didn't die mysteriously in the middle of this episode, he would do a Wookiee Roar for me. All right, I'll try it. I'll try it for you, man. <laughs> oh, that's not bad. Thank that's you. That's a pretty good Nico yeah, Wookiee there. Yeah. Nice. Well done. Man, if only if only you had a Chewbacca mask. 
Oh, <laughs> just when you thought you were <laughs> out, out, we pull you back in. I am complimenting you on that goddamn beard, and you pull this Wookiee man. Oh. Actually, oh Chewbacca God. mom has not been in the news, yeah. but you know what? We're gonna put her back in. I'm the not news. saying anything. I'm innocent. <laughs> you should happened. just yes. You should just recuse. Yes, your, we are. You should just recuse yourself right now. It's I, just, anything you say will be held against you. I am recusing myself from anything uh, Chewbacca mom related. Guys, I don't know if you've heard, but um, the our president, President Trump, has been in the news a little bit recently hashtag not my president i haven't heard that and um <laughs> he's been in the news and uh there is a star wars connection or two to be made here and so i thought we you know we cover everything star wars on this show like i'm gonna i'm gonna i need to jump in on this just for a second i sure. know I'm, i don't mean to interrupt <laughs> but uh whether you're a fan or not let's just this is some funny shit that's it, all i'm it's saying funny. It, this is so funny i i i had Literally tears in my eyes the first time I saw this. Uh, but, you know, it, it started with Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill, yes, I think it's fair to say he's been throwing some shade, trolling, trolling the president. Started last year around uh, New Year's with uh, Mark Hamill's character, the Joker, reading Donald Trump's uh, New Year's tweets. Happy New Year to all, including to my many enemies. So that's where it sort of began with Mark Hamill. And um, jump from there, fast forward to last week. Now, another (laughs) public figure that's been in the news has been Joe Scarborough, who's the host of uh, Morning Joe. And uh, in this clip, he, he, uh, well, he compares President Obama to a Jedi. He actually calls Obama a Jedi. And uh, let's let's hear his reasoning for this. The Force worked, of course, as we all know, worked on Jabba's guards, but not on Jabba himself. Right. Yeah, but what's impervious? The hut was too smart for that. The hut was impervious <laughs> to Jedi mind tricks, but not this Trump fella. Yeah. That really is, okay, we break it out. That is incredible. <laughs> We had Star Wars fans here. Anybody? Star oh, yeah. Wars fans? Huge. Huge Star Wars big, fans. yeah. Big. You just, you, you didn't know exactly where Barack Obama went. But if you saw Seven, he obviously went to the island where Luke went. Yeah. And he has come back with these extraordinary Jedi mind tricks. Because everybody, the, the 17 intel agents, everybody's been trying to get him to admit, every reporter in Washington, that the Russians meddled with our elections. Trump, uh, uh, the president, tr- president Trump, Trump. Right, yeah. right. And Barack Obama comes back and says, the Russians meddled with our elections. <laughs> and he writes a tweet. The Russians meddled with our elections. And he says, your health care plan is me. And he goes, my health care plan is me. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. The force is strong within him. <laughs> the force is strong with this one. Mm. <laughs> Obama. From the forces with his family. President he was. So let's break this down, Mark Halpern. How many people have tried to get Donald Trump to admit that the Russians meddled with the 2016 election? Many, many. I have a, I have a precise number here. You have a precise number? 924,321. And so all Barack Obama has to do is just come back on the scene, his Jedi garb, yeah. right? And he just forces the president 
to say things about this health care bill that really could hurt it politically yeah. Yeah. and really hamper its passage. That's something that President Obama that really it, has power. He does have power, and we have a clip of him right here doing this, and it's unbelievable. These aren't the droids you're looking for. <laughs> These aren't the droids we're looking for. See, it's, it's unbelievable. Eddie, well, that's, that is an amazing power. He can use it for good or for ill. I'm not, I'm not a Star, Star Wars guy, but well, is, you it, should is, be. Is, is it the case that the force works depending upon the intelligence level? Yes, it does. Okay, all right, I just wanted to make sure. It so. does. We're good. Yeah, so the president just, uh, just can't catch a break right now. It's good uh, stuff. It's good stuff. Well, I'm going to throw some shade on the Morning Joe show for just a second. I, I think we should. Equal opportunity Equal shade opportunity. throwers here. Here's, here's my problem. Being a Star Wars fan, they could have had a little bit better production value and actually edited the scene so Obi-Wan said something about health care. <laughs> Come on. We, are we really in a position to criticize anybody else's production values? <laughs> what are you talking about, sir? What are you talking about? I'll take that as a compliment, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm just, I'm just saying. And Lord knows, if I was producing the show, it would never, it would never make the air. So maybe I shouldn't say anything. But uh, well, we've got one more just to cap this off. We're going to bring it back to Mark Hamill. Mark oh. Hamill, just to end, uh, continues to throw shade on on the president. Uh, last week, President Trump tweeted out. Numerous states are refusing to give information to the very distinguished voter fraud panel. What are they trying to hide? Mark Hamill came back with their tax returns. <laughs> so it's just a never-ending Star Wars problem for, for the president. I felt compelled to cover that, guys. No, no, that, it, that's fair. And Mark Hamill should continue throwing shade whenever he wants because, honestly, he's really damn good at it. Right, yes. and le lesson to you, to everybody out there: if you're gonna throw shade and be a smartass, you have to be really, really good at it. Be like Mark Hamill. Agreed. It's the very lonely Luke tweet of the week. Red five standing by. Because if there's something to whine about, you can count on Luke. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Even though he's now an old man. No! It just isn't fair. Greg, what do you got for us this week? Well, guys, it is the birth of America. I'm just saying, we had the 4th of July this week, and we're all very excited that uh, we're celebrating the birth of our country and celebrating another year of freedom and being awesome as Americans. How so, did that taste, England? Exactly. <laughs> Limey bastards. So... From just yesterday, the 4th of July, motherfuckers. Today I'm celebrating freedom. The freedom to run away to an island and never, ever face my problems. Live free or hide. <laughs> I saw that one and was hoping you were going to pick it. Oh, man. I thought it was pretty funny. Oh, man. <laughs> Very lonely, Luke. Uh, nothing from uh, Bad Father Han this week, or or uh, got any other uh, I, tweet, I, no? I I didn't even look. I I saw <laughs> that the tweet from the fourth came over, and I thought that was uh, that was strong. Oh so. shoot! Hold on. <laughs> there we go. Sorry oh. about that. Whoa! Better better late than never. We'll fix that one in post. It's All okay. Right, there you go. <laughs> All right, let's let's get out of here.
I am pretty sure the Pinto Pico, somewhere during this podcast, I'm pretty sure he's dead. Yeah, what happened to him? Did he, I mean, did the, what, Rancor gobble him up? What happened? Uh, he just had this drop down to Tossy Station pick up some power converters, I think, is what happened. So, um, as soon as he gets those power converters back, he'll be, um, calling in. That's one busy guy. Let us know exactly how much power he was able to convert. I guess. That's what you do with power converters. Power. It's, like, obvious and faint. Well, if you would like to call and make fun of the production value of the show that I work so hard on every <laughs> week... You can do so. It will not I get feel, played on the air. No, it will. For sure. I, I feel like a total asshole now. <laughs> I was going to say, all of a sudden, I feel like I owe Steve a huge apology. <laughs> Are you kidding? This has been a running joke for a year and a half with the production value of this show. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail, 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. If you want to give uh, any uh, any other unsolicited jabs at any of the Wretched Hive hosts, feel feel free to be my guest and, uh, and do so. You can find us online, our home on the web, www.thewretchedhive.net. And uh, you will find very little there other than the links to all of the stories we cover every week on the show. If you want to... Uh, contact us you can do so i think there's a link through the website as well you can email us wretchedhive at yahoo.com on twitter at wretchedhivepod or you can search for us on itunes search for the wretched hive in your podcast section of itunes subscribe to the show it really helps if you subscribe to the show and leave a review that really helps us a lot the more stars the better but it doesn't really matter we'll take one we'll take five any stars is great but subscribe, and that certainly helps our cause. Uh, guys, episode 40 is in the books. Any final thoughts? Well, real quick, I just want to say I want to correct uh, from earlier. D23 is not after Comic-Con. It's next week, guys. So Ooh. maybe in two weeks' time when we all reconvene, we'll have something to talk about Star Wars. Might we have a trailer next week? It's possible. All right, may the Force be with us all. See you in a couple of weeks, guys. I am Harry Potter, and I have a magic penis. <laughs> you couldn't even say penis without laughing. <laughs> <laughs>